Hey, America. <gasps> Start. 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 Yay. And now we're all back in America, where we belong. Uh-huh. Oh. Ah, missed you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're in America so that you can get your jumbo cookware out. Get your chili pots ready, because it's time for Sam's beans to finally get spilled. And welcome to another bean-filled episode of 12 Points from America, a Eurovision contest podcast from America, where there are beans. I'm Eric. I'm Derek. I'm Samantha. And I'm Danny. Are they refried? They've yes. been slightly warmed over a little bit. It's been a couple of weeks since we've all been able to be in the same room together. I mean, that's that's the best way to have a refried bean. Just the kind that just like sits in the little, the little metal tin at the buffet for a little bit. You get that kind of that skin on top? Yeah, just a little bit of skin. You know, the cheese gets nice and melted into it it's very nice it's gotta Ooh. sit for a while some things are just better when they're reheated speaking of things that we haven't heated up in a long time sam hit him with the socials <laughs> hey, hey. Yep, you can find us on the normal social media outlets uh facebook twitter at one two points usa email us directly at 12 points from america at gmail.com find us on youtube and instagram and if you really really love us you can find us on patreon as well yeah. Uh, and some of our extra extra special patrons, you know, one of them this year ended up uh, actually sharing an apartment with uh, Eric and Derek in, in Turin. And one hey. of our lovable patrons actually got stuck in an elevator. Uh, that's the super secret um, Patreon level. If you if you give just enough money, mm-hmm. get stuck in an elevator with Eric. Yep. Getting out of the elevator is a higher level, uh, <laughs> just so you know. But if you want to get stuck in an elevator with me, check out the Patreon. Uh, or if you want to stay at next year's inevitable 12 Points from America corporate funhouse, then uh, yeah, maybe look into that too. Or, you know, if you don't want to do those things, but you want to support the show, uh, you can do that. Please do that. In fact, we have a lot of uh, exclusive content. We've got some exclusive in-arena footage from dress rehearsals and from from some some live shows and things like that that you can check out uh, from from Turin. We've got the trading cards at the highest level. Uh, uh, we need to send those out to a couple of folks still. We'll be reaching out on that if you're wondering. But yeah. Did you wanna did you wanna shout out a couple of our of our Patreon followers, by the way? Oh, of course. Already? We have to, don't we? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh shout out to our former uh 12 Points from America corporate funhouse roommate Constantine. Woo! Nice, <laughs> nice fellow. It was very nice to meet him in person over in turn. And I don't know how much of his name he wants how much of his name he wants uh publicized, I guess. I don't know how these things normally go. So I will just say Don, thank you for being a patron as well you're great thanks Don. Uh, give him a couple give him like an esquire and a the third and a dds yes. i don't know mm-hmm. uh, don j israel esquire we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> dumb uh <laughs> we have a we have a couple of things to touch on now that we are back in america let's talk about italy uh <laughs> Let's talk about what happened. Uh, we had a real quick wrap up after after the show ended, mostly just us being like, yeah, we were right. And impressed that Spain was able to pick up uh, the traction again that it had. But there are a couple of uh, little juicy bits of hot goss, uh, as there always are coming out of the contest. Yeah, I, I think we need to start with the the, the biggest, hottest goss of them all. Uh, <laughs> hotter than a big bowl of beans. <laughs> it, yes. it turns out it turns out some folks were cheating a yes. little bit uh, as a treat. 
<laughs> for themselves. Uh, which may explain why uh, I think our predictions might have been a little off. And uh, well, yeah. I wouldn't Let's... necessarily go that. Supposedly, okay. So you know, if you haven't well, heard, I th- I am just gonna say, and we're probably gonna get to it. I have no clue how Azerbaijan was able to get that many points. I will say that from what I was hearing. Okay, so again, these the, these are the countries that are in question here. So we have Poland, Montenegro, San Marino, Romania, Azerbaijan, and Georgia. San Marino, were... how could you? You know, you bastion of class. From what I was hearing, the qualifiers to the final would not have changed. Mm-hmm. That's cor- mm-hmm. that's correct. Yes. So we can't necessarily say, oh, how did this qualify and that not? Or how did how did this miss out? And, you know, oh, no, et cetera, no. This is all about performance at the grand final. Well, yeah. But in terms of the qualifiers to the grand final out of the second semifinal, which is where these six countries were all pre- performing, that... Mm-hmm supposedly is not in question that whoever qualified qualified that's that is you know they might not necessarily have done so as as decisively as handily yeah as handily their 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 eventual placements within that top 10 in the semi might have been different but the qualifiers are the qualifiers so take that as you will but yeah there was a video that that went up uh, on youtube actually that explained it rather rather well so honestly if you want a really good summary of what appears to have happened including the response from the the EBU and the response to the response from the broadcasters. There's a really great video that's come out. It's about 25 minutes long, if you have time, from a gentleman calling himself ESC Tom. Uh, so shout out to ESC Tom uh, for just it's Tom Lieb. Oh, that's what he's been doing with himself. He's back, baby. I watched a couple of ESC Tom's videos. Yeah. Yeah, he's got good stuff. Yeah. So if you're looking for that interesting bit of statistics with what seems to have happened with the information that we have, he has a really good summary of it. My general thoughts on it, and you know, Eric, get your get your censoring button, but just don't cheat. Just don't cheat. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't don't do it. What the don't do it. Don't do it. Wow. Wow. That's uh... Ah. uh or we could just turn the explicit tag on and leave all those in. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I it basically, yeah, the, the, these countries, in a way that when you look at the numbers, it is really incredibly blatant. They gave all of their top points to each other in a way the, that could not possibly have been a coincidence. Yeah, with the exception of Montenegro giving their second highest score to Serbia, which makes sense. Yeah. They, they they can't uh, they can't lay off giving a lot of points to to Serbia apparently and yeah again uh, another person that's done a lot of deep diving on this uh, on Twitter is ESC Bruno we will talk about Bruno on this show as it turns out uh, and yeah d- determined that if all of these scores had been accepted as legitimate the there would have been some some shifting around between like 13th and 16th place in the second semi but yeah the qualifiers would not have changed though the immediate punishment for this was that there was a sort of an automatic aggregated calculated score that these countries were countries juries were jury votes sorry were replaced with based on i think bruno may have actually kind of figured out how that worked as well i don't remember exactly it's the aggregate score is based on the scores from similar countries basically the 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 countries that were drawn from the pots if you remember back during the semifinal draws Mm -hmm. that all these countries are put into pots based on between geographical location and and, and previous voting patterns. And so the numbers are kind of squished up from that, run through a, a number cruncher of some sort, a, a number muncher perhaps even. And, uh, oh man. Nice Minnesota number. shout out. Yeah, get that uh, get that sweet, <laughs> sweet mech sponsorship money into our pockets. Huh? Yeah, oh, there's, 
still around. Yeah. What if we get uh, a mech sponsorship? Oh, I'd love that. I love it. Mech, Do have it. your people call us. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, that's kind of how it's done. And it's not probably too dissimilar to what San Marino has defaulted to for its quote unquote televote, because the nation is too small to really sustain a public televote of its own. And anyway, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have a telephone network of its own. It has an Italian network. Uh, so this isn't too dissimilar from what San Marino has done and defaulted to for its public vote, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like this is an unknown quantity. You know, this is a this is a fail safe if God forbid there was some sort of an issue with with a jury that they weren't able to vote. This seems to be the plan that would have been put in place for any other nullification issue. But when the nullification issue is that you've cheated, what else are you supposed to do? It's too late in, in the process to come up with a whole new set of, of jurors. And you don't want to necessarily announce, hey, we noticed that there's something going on too early on in the process, or else you're tipping off the jurors that are cheating, that we know that you're cheating, so they can regroup. Uh, it's it's a it's a massive, massive quagmire. It really, mm -hmm. really is. And it really, it, it's it's really a shame to see. It's it's heartbreaking to me, honestly. It, it's upsetting. Now, some of the countries involved in this, almost all of the countries involved in this have spoken out in some way, basically like yelling at the EBU for doing what they did. And a lot of it is that and not even necessarily denying what had been done, but just complaining that they got caught, basically complaining that we had this vote and we weren't allowed to use it or like it, so they they got their voting rights stripped in the final as well, even though the, the cheating was specific to the semifinal. But those countries votes in the final were aggregated the same way the semi ones were, which led to like a, a a 12 here and there being given to the United Kingdom that normally wouldn't have uh, and and things like that and some countries being upset about that. Biggest, loudest complaint to this point, I think, has come from Romania. That's what I've mm -hmm. seen, yeah. Who have, who have threatened to, uh, one, sue the EBU, two, drop out of the contest uh, next year right. and, and whatever. I'm going to be honest, I don't think there's any way they actually do it. No, no. Well, the problem is that they never liked you and they're trying to keep their head above the water, but they're making it so hard. And the real question is, what if they're going to find out? Nobody's going to like it. Oh, Christ. You know, they, they get away. <laughs> but I think, I think deep down they know they need to stay. Oh, let me, baby, baby. <laughs> Can I just say that like a couple of days ago I went to a baby shower? Yes. And it took me all of my strength not to just, you know, go into the place saying, oh let me be, 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 and like knowing that nobody's gonna get the damn reference. Like I miss yes. I miss being able to waltz into a press center or my delegation bubble and just say to my colleagues, oh let me be, 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 and everybody, you know, being able to respond in kind. I there's just something about that vibe in the bubble. You just you have that lexicon that mm. doesn't exist in any other ecosystem. Now, there's a there's a European clothing store, I think it is, called Yamame. It's 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 spelled <laughs> it's spelled with y's at the beginning and end like ya ma may yeah uh but i saw a couple of those uh out and about after the contest and and uh yep every time it's like ah oh, hola me baby bay i'm still surprised that song qualified and and would have qualified anyway i will say this this specifically hasn't been called out by the ebu but and but danny mentioned it earlier mm -hmm. and i said i was going to talk about this during our, our wrap-up uh azerbaijan i've had enough uh that, that that's that's my feeling there they made it into the final 
with zero televote points, which I believe is unprecedented, not impossible. But when you look at the number of, of points they're getting from juries, and this happened in the final as well, compared to the number of points they're getting from the public, it's pretty sus, you mm. guys. Yeah. Like like Spain, Spain's televote in the final, they gave 12 points to Azerbaijan. Out, out of nowhere, I, I, I would argue. And, and there were a few instances of this. And I just, I don't know. I, the song, how is that song in particular 12 points from anybody? And I know the, I know, I think I know the real answer to that, but, but you know. <sighs> I feel like there are rumblings about, you know, they always seem to find the points and, and that sort of thing. And I think <laughs> they I find think them, it's, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And I, I don't know. I think it's time that that is perhaps looked into a bit more closely. That's that's all I'm going to say on the matter for now. I may do some Statmotron business if I feel like there's some actual information to, to, to back up what I'm suggesting here. Anyway, Azerbaijan, I'm sick of you. That was probably the biggest surprise when we got the scores out was seeing that Azerbaijan got zero televote oh I see and the 12s I know when we were going when they were getting the jury scores a few countries gave them a 12 and I kind of thought that seems a little odd but occasionally yeah I mean I I don't have any inside information on this or any anything or I didn't you know I don't don't have anything to report but one thought on this cheating business that I find the most disturbing is the fact that they would have qualified regardless and there were a couple of countries in there that I thought didn't have to worry like Poland mm-hmm. was yeah, ranked that, that, very I, high. I, yeah, they never had an issue. They they never had a worry getting to the final. Yeah, so I, was... I don't know what they had to gain from this unless this was a long-term plan that they were going to do it in the semis and the grand final and not thinking anyone was going to notice. Weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's, disappoint- it's disappointing to see whether in allegation form or in this case where there are receipts. It's it's incredibly disheartening to see and I think it brings the entire contest into, into disrepute. Yeah, do you... I mean, I, I question a lot of the scores this year now mm-hmm. yeah I, I i guess i guess that's the big question here what is actually going to come from this are we going to see countries actually drop out or even get suspended or something like that or or, or uh, i mean is the is the ebu going to do something and, and sam i know you're you're more closely connected to them i'm not necessarily asking you this directly or anything like that and i know it's i mean obviously it's not your call or anything like that either but not but, even close I'm, that's not that is literally <laughs> not my department um enough. it is it is quite literally not my department. I was there as a writer. I'm not there as any sort of arbitrator of. Well, we're going to yell at you anyway. Well, trust because... me. I yeah. Thanks a lot, Sam. Uh... <laughs> you were there and you did nothing. So, guys... Also, can we get some sandwiches in here? What's going on? Ah, uh, damn it! I will say the crew catering was crap. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Thankfully, yeah. there was food outside. Maybe the sandwiches, like in in the delegation, bubble, like the sandwiches were fine, but like having those sandwiches every day for two weeks, it was rough. They did bring cannoli in for us in the second half, which was very nice. Ooh. Yeah. You just got the same sandwiches every day for two weeks. There were there was a certain variety of sandwiches that you kind of run through. I had a lot of focaccia wow. with the uh, with prosciutto. Italy, the country of sandwiches. Ah. <sighs> uh. Wow. Anyway. You go back and you find yourself in Bologna. Oh, I forget what city it is. There's a city like an hour outside of Bologna that's famous for paninis. Like the Mm. grilled sandwiches. Panini Mm. just means sandwich, but the actual grilled sandwiches as we know them as paninis. And I went there for the day and I must have eaten three sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were so good. Nice. 
So yeah, I, I, and any any guesses and any any f- just personal feelings on what should happen here with the uh, with the the country either with the countries that that cheated or just changes to any of this process that uh, that that you would like to see happen or you think might happen. I mean, I'm not against the idea of expanding the size of the jury and maybe keeping the names of the jurors confidential for a longer period of time. But then again, if, you know, if a delegation knows the name of their jurors and if they're in league with another delegation, you know, names can be shared. I don't know. I honestly don't know how to, how to fix this. I'm not. I think one of the things mentioned in the video was, um, is increase, not just increase the size of the juries, but bring in people on the juries whose reputations would be harmed if this kind of thing came out. Mm, That was an interesting point. Yeah. I thought, oh, that'd be kind of, because if you're relatively unknown and this like scandal hits, like, well, this doesn't affect me. Why do I care? I think it might help to have like twice the size of the juries, maybe like double the size of the juries and keep like, keep them separated somehow. I don't know. That might be impossible. have, Have a bit more sequestered. Maybe even or you just do, don't know who else is on the jury. It'd be like you'd have to be anonymous to a certain extent, or even increase the size of the jury and then randomize. You know, if if you have ten people on the jury, but only five of the scores are taken, and they're randomly selected, which of those five go? Could that possibly like the Olympics? Like too. The Olympics, they could get rid of the yeah. highest and lowest. Yeah, but highest. Lo- I mean, everybody's going to give twelve to somebody. So, like, how do you? How do you? So we get rid of all of them. Everything. Oh wait. <laughs> well, something like that where you could just um, any any weight uh, would be kind of eliminated that way. Yeah, if, if there were like twenty jury members and we randomly selected just a handful of them it's like okay well we can't afford to bribe that many people <laughs> that could be part in of the it. hopes that five of them would come through right uh but that could certainly be a way to a way to do it i i'm gonna need some more time to kind of chew on this and and ponder it's i understand the position the ebu is in because i mean it'd be hard to punish the entire country for this and say you can't come back to the contest because that's decreased viewership then absolutely um you can't punish them too severely because they might just sit out i mean what's what does it cost to them versus the cost of the ebu to lose all of montenegro or something i i think that to have montenegro in the in the contest is kind of a win for them because they were sort of on the fence and they sat out and i'd hate to lose them again because i think they bring good stuff even if they don't qualify very often yeah and yeah and that kind of goes to my next point which is going to be this is not the artist's fault or responsibility we think that we know of yeah that we know of (laughs) i mean mean, generally speaking like there's a separation between the broadcaster and the artist and you know you can't necessarily go and start flaming you know ackman from poland for example who seemed like a lovely guy saying oh i hope so you know yeah he was a lovely guy that's estonian i get those two mixed up so much i i'm sorry go on (laughs) ackman was like the the hannibal lecter type oh I mean, you can't, you may be frustrated with this entire situation and, you know, say Romania, for example, don't go and like, and crap on Urs for this. Like this isn't, this isn't his fault. So, you know, try to separate the artist from the dealings of some sort of potentially a governmental bureaucrat who wanted to make their country look better on TV. Except Achille Lauro. He was clearly in on this. Oh, shush. <laughs> Shady bastard. No, he, he, gave not, he gave not a single crap. He was, he was fine. I. Oh know. man, his... <laughs> His press conference was insufferable. Uh, all right. Anyway. All right. We, we we need to get to the thing that everyone's been waiting for here, I think, which is Sam's yeah, opinion. Let's talk about Sam's beans. Okay. My beans. You want my beans? <laughs> Spill those beans. Oh, man. We literally have been waiting like five months. Months. <laughs> to know. <laughs> what my favorites were? Like, okay, so yeah. how do you mean? 
I mean, how about top five starting from five up? The thing is, like, I haven't done a top five since after the show, which might be different from the top five that I provided to you guys as you did your scores, because my scores were incorporated in the 12 Points from America total team. But just in terms of a handful of songs that I personally loved, sure. uh, my, my top one and two kind of vacillated back and forth until I saw the stagings, in which case, for the first time in possibly ever since I've been following the contest, the United Kingdom was my number one in the end. <sighs> Sam Ryder, Spaceman, absolutely loved it, loved him, loved the song, loved what they did with it. And I love the new attitude that this potentially means for the United Kingdom at Eurovision. It was, I was in the arena as he did his first run through and we saw the outfit and we saw the guitar come out and they saw that 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 solo and the hair whipping back and forth. And we saw the, the spacecraft blossoming open. And like, I got that feeling. Like I got that sort of, oh, this could be the one. Like the same time, like that same feeling the first time that I heard Salvador and the first time that I heard Jamala, like it's, it gave me that feeling. And I know this wasn't a normal year and that Ukraine's win was deserved, don't get me wrong, but potentially inevitable. Absolutely deserved. I think Stefania, Stefania is also in my top handful of songs that I really genuinely loved, but no other song this year gave me that sort of vibe like Spaceman did. And to see him approach the contest with such a positive vibe, both before, during, and after the show, and to see him continue to have that success. He's currently number two on the British official charts right now, which is the highest for any Eurovision song since 1996, which is incredible. So that's... Um, that's before Love Shine a Light? Yeah, it was the year, the year before. Ooh, ah, just a little bit by Gina G. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, mm. which is also a hit here. But I mean, for him to have that, like, he's going to be playing in the Platinum Jubilee for the Queen. Like the man, the, Eurovision is no longer the poison chalice that it used to be for a British act. And to see the delegation rally around him and react the way that they did and support him the way that they did, to see my British colleagues in 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 the delegation bubble and and in the staff room react the way that they did it was amazing to see it was it was really very touching and genuinely the man is incredibly nice like he is like pure golden retriever energy just like happy positive you know quick to have a, a you know a fist bump and a and a smile and a hug for anybody who asked it was just cool guy. Like you, there's some people that they, when they walk into a room, you know that they're there. Sam Ryder's a guy like that. Like the the energy in the room changed. Like the, he's yeah. There's a vibe about that guy that it's impossible to ignore. So yeah, number one, spaceman. Uh, close behind. I absolutely loved Czech Republic. We are done. Yeah. Absolutely. Like until until we Guess saw the what? staging. You were yeah. the only person in Europe who did. <laughs> fact, like two other people. Okay, the fact that they came in fourth place in their semifinal. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable that's, that's really for them weird. to finish at like 23rd. And then that they have the in they have to weather the indignity of tying with Finland and being ranked lower. I mean, you have to remember in their semifinal, they performed last. In the final, they performed first. Yep. So it, it you does. You can come top 10 being first, as we saw in 2016. Certainly, certainly, certainly. It's it can impossible. be done. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's it's a somewhat <sighs> steeper hill to climb. Uh, I loved I loved the Czech staging. I love the fact that this is a delegation that, you know, Ahmad, we've had on, on, our, on our show before, at least on the video portion of it before. Um, so I've gotten to talk to him a lot. Um, you know, the Czech Republic isn't necessarily one of these delegations that is rolling in extra cash. And we all know that having... Um, 
pyrotechnics and smoke effects that that costs delegation money. That's not just, you know, something that is given to a delegation when they show up on the stage. So their decision to go absolutely ham with the spotlights, I thought was brilliant. And I really, really love that. Uh, other songs that I genuinely really liked, um, I, I feel like I'm the only one, but I couldn't watch Moldova and not smile. I, I love I love Chenoletul. Uh I've been a fan of Zofshitu for a while, so thrilled to see them do as well as they did. Sweden, Cornelia Jacobs, Hold Me Closer, loved it as well. It was just, it, it was what I want Sweden to be. It had the the polish of a Swedish song and, and the showmanship of, of a Swedish song, but it still felt a lot more organic. And I love that sort of kind of raspy quality in Cornelia's voice. I thought it was amazing. I have a question for someone who had their feet on the ground over there. <laughs> to me, over here, it almost seemed like she was very aloof at the contest. Was that the vibe yep. you got? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She had a lot of technical problems. Yeah. Basically, anytime it wasn't live TV, it seemed like it, and it, there were a handful of technical problems here and there during a few different dress rehearsals, but it happened to her a lot, with a, alarming regularity. She had a lot of really sort of interesting and strange camera angles that I think were tripping people up, often literally. I mean, I think there was one mm-hmm. point where a camera guy did actually trip over her microphone cord. That is true. That did happen. <laughs> yeah. So there was certainly an impatience and a sort of, really, that comes with that. But I think when it counted, when it happened in the end, it turned out all right. And a fourth place, I think, is nothing to sneeze at. No, no, no. Yeah. And Serbia, Incorporasano, Constructa. Yes. The moment that I heard that, I'm like, this is going to be the go away. This is going to be this year's go away. And I was right. In terms of songs that I love that didn't make it out of the semis, My Heart Breaks for Latvia. Cityzeni, yeah. great guys. Yep. We saw them all the time in in the delegation bubble. Even afterwards, they you know they pop by the press center and just be be cool. Funny story: a couple of colleagues and I were coming back from dinner, not too far from our hotel. And we mm-hmm. passed this cafe and we noticed that the guys from from Latvia are having dinner at this nice little outdoor cafe. So we you know stop by, say hi. What were they and eating? I noticed that was one. Was it? Of, oh, I, I noticed <laughs> that one of the guys. I I couldn't tell if it was one of the band members or somebody else from the delegation had a big pot of mussels. Hmm. On their plate. And I'm thinking to myself two things. One, that's not vegetarian. And then two, I remembered in Chilean Spanish, which is the dialect that I speak best, the word for muscle is choro, which is often also slang for. So, in fact, they were being very, very accurate to the lyrics. (laughs) If they're speaking Chilean Spanish, I suppose. If they're speaking Chilean Spanish, they were all over it. Um, Well done. Yeah. And also, like, I I knew it didn't have much of a chance, but I was a fan of Georgia. I am a a service fan. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it took the live performance for me to get turned off of Georgia. But Really? I I was expecting something crazier. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting something a little bit crazier. But... uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic, but yeah, I, I guess something wilder maybe would have been good. In hindsight, Georgia, oh, it it wasn't going to happen. It. I mm-hmm. I, I want to say though the the vocalist class <laughs> absolute class act. If you haven't yeah. seen our our YouTube video where Sam and I are, are just sort of chatting about the contest and we get video bombed by the guy from Circuits Mercus, please check it out. It's great. Uh, and really that guy was fantastic. He he came back like an hour later with more merch for uh, our friend Ewan's daughter, who was, who was also a big fan. And he really did not need to do that. He literally had a semifinal like two hours before that. And yeah. he came back. And, and that's, yeah. Uh, that's class. It's class. That, that song has grown on me so much. It's so much fun. And and yeah, I, I, I think 
the visuals on it were really good. The performers themselves were just kind of static. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that it would have made a ton of sense if they were like jumping the around. Dance. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> it was it was going to be a tough sell no matter what. Also, Georgia, year, don't cheat. Oh, Jesus. I think in a year we had two concept groups that came in anonymously and had this mystique around them it was so hard to look at georgia and think oh yeah you guys are doing a great job when norway was just a hundred percent committed to this bit yeah uh, like inside and out every level they thought it all through they had a guy costumes name tags they were doing separate videos on the side they were doing street performances and, and just and screwing for, around and for and the right and i yeah oh, sorry, go on i'm sorry go on and I, I think the problem was Georgia just kind of didn't. And to see the those two side by side, it's really hard to say, oh, yeah, this is really clever coming in as this mysterious band in mass with weird names. And they just sort of showed up and were just like, yeah, we like music and uh, we're going to go perform now. It's like, like, you might as well just come as yourselves. It's like, oh, look over there. There are space wolves. Yeah. I will say about the about the space wolves, they, they were very committed to the bit in the delegation bubble. When they, you know, for all intents and purposes, they didn't need to be hidden. Uh, they would normally, both the wolves and the backing dancers, so all five members, actually six with DJ Astronaut, they would wear full face mask and shades and hat that would basically cover you could not tell who they were like they were even anonymous backstage in 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 delegation situation situations so they were very somebody would have leaked it oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure but <laughs> they knew what they were doing oh yeah oh yeah but they yeah they were very fully committed to it so i i want to note on the subject of subwoofer i believe very firmly that the quote-unquote leaked video suggesting that ticks was dj astronaut is a deliberate misdirection agreed oh, yeah. agreed there's there's no way it was actually him no, no yeah considering that ticks was the one who gave the votes for for the norwegian yeah. jury it, it then zipped back to norway him. Yeah. In his spaceship, however. <gasps> Wait a minute. <gasps> Take him to the spaceship. Yeah, four and a half billion years of technology ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. come on. Yeah, they, uh, they actually just today, uh, Subwoofer released another new like parody video uh, called Space Kelly. It's a it's a parody of Grace Kelly by Mika. Uh... Uh, that That is really all about like the, it's really about that mystique that they have that that like the people think they know who we are and and i think they even one point they there's a, even a lyric that's like well that's obviously just ilvis yeah and is it i don't know the, the the only thing i've heard anyone say any any sort of slip up what's genuine slip up whatsoever again i don't think the text thing is a slip up i think that was a plant. Yeah, yeah. A brilliant plant, by the way, <laughs> was supposedly during an early rehearsal. One of them was caught on on a mic speaking in his normal voice and apparently had a British accent. That's it. But that's that's literally it. I don't know. Sam, do you have do you have any inside info at all about who these guys are? Nothing confirmed. And honestly, I don't want to be eaten by a uh, a bunch of space wolves if I do leak something, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep them. Fair what's enough. the what's the over under on how long it'll take before we find out? I'm not sure if they're ever going to let it out. Like I I honestly there's, don't know. There's no way this could be a secret forever. I mean, somebody'll leak it. It's just like, you know, Mr. Lordy's real face was a secret for quite a long time until some paparazzo got it you know that was the 90s though no it wasn't <laughs> no when they performed lordy oh sorry 2006 still yeah. the ancient past <laughs> noted 90s year 2006. 2006 i don't know for some reason in my head it was 1996 i'm like wait a second yep gina g and lordy that was yeah hell of why a year. not 
So 16 years ago. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my I, god. I, yeah, I, I so saw much crap now. I saw somebody note: people who were born around the time Lordy won Eurovision are now eligible to compete in Eurovision. Oh god. <laughs> uh, oh god, I'm old. And something and something like yeah, uh, people who were born around the time Conchita competed can compete in Junior now. Fourteen. The, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. We're gonna have a post 2000s born winner very soon. Well. Yeah, well, well, we almost did a couple of years ago, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be destiny. It's going to come back Maybe in a couple again. of years. All right, Sam, what did you hate? Um, Honestly, there weren't any songs that I genuinely hated this year. There were songs that just kind of left me cold or just sort of, okay, that's over. But nothing that I genuinely, truly disliked in terms of in terms of the song itself. Sorry for yeah. disappointing you. <laughs> Big fan of Stripper. You love it? All I need is love. <laughs> what was your biggest surprise when you saw it live? Uh, UK. Oh, straight up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was absolutely a, a very pleasant surprise for me. Was there any disappointments? Yeah, I was I was expecting more craziness from Georgia, like I said. Let's see what other. Let me, let I was me personally disappointed by how flat the Netherlands' staging was. I think it needed a bit more. She was really in place half the time. Part of me is wondering about the intention of the staging uh and then the technical difficulties that we're faced with that and how that may have affected her you mean like with the sun yeah that was such a disaster sam sam how do you feel about the sun <laughs> it's a massive, i mean i mean they used to say it was a massive incandescent gas but now it's more of a miasma of incandescent plasma so i mean mm. <laughs> you're asking this to a they might be giants fan what the hell did you expect what did they actually call it? The the something sun. Kinetic. Kinetic sun. That's what it was. Because you have to run on it to make it move. Well, and it stopped moving, so it was really the potential sun. If it was moving, it would be the kinetic you sun. Son of a. Anyway, as someone who was watching purely nice. from home, purely over the live feeds, I right. thought it was mega distracting. Everyone could have had a lot better of backing visuals that weren't the like you know rock concert from two thousand nine LEDs that we had to be staring at whenever there was a close up. No one a bunch of countries just opted to go uh and it'll just be completely dark behind them. Well, I mean, if you think about it this way, if you have a thing that is supposed to work as intended and it doesn't work, how do you how do you how do you work with that if you do realize that you have a show going on in a week and a half, two weeks time? Get rid of it for starters. It, entirely disassemble it? Yes. I don't know what it would have taken, but I think I feel like they could have taken it apart and just put some flooring on top of it, even if it was just solid black floor, because then you have the wall behind them. And I, I'm still confused as to there were LEDs on one side and lights on the other. That was my understanding. And they went with the light side. Because it's a heck of a lot easier to program a lighting program than it is to program an LED program. But all of that should have been programmed ahead of time. <sighs> I again I this is my this is just my understanding. Again, if anybody from the EB was hearing this and I'm incorrect, feel free to reach out and correct me. Yeah. I am I'm all ears. I don't have it's all one of those ears. It's just one of those wildly ambitious things that feels like wasn't thought out through very well, especially when they know they have a limited amount of time. Yeah. No, I I that I agree with you. It's it's a shame that it did not work as intended. Because I think in in theory it would have been awesome. In practice, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. As someone who did see it in person, I'm going to disagree slightly. I think it, it just seeing how it looked on stage, and we did see it move on occasion. For some of the interval acts and stuff, it moved. Yeah, when time uh, when time wasn't necessarily a problem when you had right. more than just the 40 seconds of a, of a postcard. Yeah, uh, and 
it just seeing how it worked uh and and how it looked and so on i think it was a bad idea from the get-go even if it did move and could do different things for each artist it was so big and so ridiculous like i i couldn't believe how big it was looking at it on the stage in the arena and how much space it took up how much of the led in the back that it covered and so on it, it again i think even if it worked this was a very questionable concept i really do mm. it just i don't know it was is too big dumb i like the waterfall a lot yeah the waterfall, the waterfall, oh, yeah. The waterfall was great the green room i, I loved the garden green mm. room that was beautiful i love the idea that like there was an amelia bedelia somewhere in the planning process who was put <laughs> in charge of the green room and was like oh all right and then put together amelia bedelia no yeah a, a green room uh sam i i one other question about the about the experience in the Dell Bub, as as we called it, uh, <laughs> good old Dell Bub. Uh, it, what was the reaction where you were during the final when we got to Ukraine's televote and they said four hundred thirty nine points? Holy crap! <laughs> I think it was probably pretty universal. Uh, I, I think that was like, we, we knew it was going to be big. I don't think we realized it was going to be that big, mm. but it was, we knew it was going to be a, a prodigious sum, but, <laughs> but that was beyond, I think what a lot of us had even expected, but, but generally speaking, well-deserved. I don't think there was anybody in that room who was miffed or surprised mm -hmm. that Ukraine took it. And with such a groundswell of public support. I, I just remember it in the press room when that word four came out, like, like, yeah, you, you've talked about when when uh, was it, you are the only one got a lower than expected public vote score. It was two something. Yeah. And the second that people said said two or whatever, that it wasn't enough and everybody gets all excited because mm -hmm. Russia lost. Ha -ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was kind of like that. I, I remember at the start of the at the start of the, the week of shows telling uh, Ewan that I, I felt like Ukraine had a shot at at, at getting past 400 in, in the, the public vote. And he, he pointed out correctly that that's 10 points per country. Yep. And and uh, actually a little bit more than that because they can't get points to themselves. Right. And I immediately thought, oh, that's true. That's probably pushing it. But you were both right. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they got over, they had over 11 points per country. Just, it's incredible. yeah, it's when, incredible. when that number four came out of, I, I don't remember which of the hosts said it, but but the, that that particular host's mouth, I, it, like, it just it just erupted. Yeah. Like it, 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 and before that, I think it had gotten unusually quiet because everybody knew like th this is the moment where we where we we find out what's really going on here. Right. Because we knew there were a lot of points left. Like at, at that point, there were like eight hundred some points left. There was an average of two hundred per country. Yeah. With with four to go, which is a ton. Mm -hmm. uh, and and. So yeah, we, we knew it was going to be huge. Uh, uh, that's one of the moments of the of the whole experience for me is is that number coming out. It's such a preposterous number. It's you'll it's, never see it again. Never, 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 never. In terms of like points per country stuff like that, that's not getting beat ever. That's that is an unbreakable record. Yeah, unless unless we are in a contest with somehow 50, 50 countries participating. No, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. Yeah, win yeah. Everyone sends just abject garbage except one country. Yeah, <laughs> that one country, San Marino. Uh, I was gonna. Say. <laughs> everyone had a everyone had a country in mind there. Those I was the gonna say answers. Azerbaijan just. To... <laughs> 
just did self dunk. Yeah. Right. That was an expensive year for that. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> <sighs> It Last was... thing I'd like to say is yeah. um, uh, about the whole Ukraine winning thing anyway, and about the question of, of who will be hosting next year. So far, I, I, I saw uh, just on Friday, so this might be a little out of date, but there are four countries that have offered to host, uh, basically <laughs> on the assumption that the war is not going to be over anytime soon. Uh, two of them were ones that uh, I had, had said right after we wrapped up. Poland has offered and the UK has offered. I also saw that it's the rest of the top four, essentially. Sweden yeah, well. wants in on the, Sweden wants in on that action and Spain wants in on that action. Sweden uh, would host every year if they could. Yeah, they would. They really would. They really uh, would. Yeah. I, I don't know if Spain has a real kind of claim there. Uh, a number of cities have said, hey, we'll do it. It should be noted that uh, supposedly... Uh, both the Italian broadcaster and the Dutch broadcaster have also stepped up to say, hey, we'll help out yeah. as well. Yeah, Italy specifically said, oh, well, we did all the stuff. Turin could just host again, to which everybody said, <laughs> no. <laughs> Please, no. I mean, I, I, mean would, I, I would definitely go back to Turin. I like the city and I didn't see I as think, much of it as I'd like. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about what country might be the most deserving, I still think it'd be Poland, just in terms of what they've done for Ukraine in the mm -hmm. last few I months. think it's between Poland and the UK. I think I think the UK has a slightly better chance because A, it's been they so second. long and they came in second, you know? Well, I mean, Poland, like like Derek was saying, they have done so, so much for, for the people of Ukraine. There are a lot of cultural and linguistic ties between Poland and Ukraine. Uh, I think it would probably be easier to have a cooperative a cooperative show yeah. between the Polish broadcaster and the Ukrainian broadcaster, like they did for, for the Euros a couple of years ago, didn't they? Oh, that's Poland, right. Poland have also hosted two very successful junior Eurovisions, uh, one of which was during the height of COVID, like really unprecedented times, and they were able to adapt pretty, pretty solidly to that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Krakow is certainly mentioned not warsaw supposedly krakow has the the larger and and more suitable arena oh okay well that's uh, that is an important piece however the, can, go visit warsaw it's lovely I'd, I'd love to uh however people are now saying oh if it's the united kingdom eurovision the, the the bbc's eurovision team has basically just recently uprooted from the london base to uh, salford which is right near manchester um so i know that they'd be chopped oh, that's why that's and, why the little 12 yeah. points were given from there yeah uh so i I know that they're probably champing at the bit to host in up at the Manchester Arena. There's some rumblings about Glasgow, which I would be absolutely oh, thrilled uh -huh. to do. Yes, Glasgow yes. is genuinely one of my favorite cities in the world, and I've got many, many friends who live there. You uh, think they're just going to send them to the BBC Four out in Cardiff? <laughs> hey, sure, fine. <laughs> Uh, it's funny though if it if it is Glasgow because the exterior shots of the arena from the Eurovision movie we're even in Glasgow were in Glasgow oh. even though the event was oh. even though the event was quote unquote in Edinburgh and the interior of the arena was Tel Aviv but the exterior <laughs> Americans don't know that I know the exterior <laughs> was the hydro in Glasgow so would be a little bit of life imitating art I think my biggest concern is and the reason I mentioned Poland is because if this is a Ukraine victory and they should have a hand in this in some way mm -hmm. and I'd be a bit worried if it went to the uk it become the uk show uk rain yeah they, they just kind of take it over and sort of shove out the, the ukrainians my god i hope not i mean then again we've got uh 11 more months and three weeks give or take <laughs> well so i looked it up because i was curious when was it announced which the host cities 
And typically it's been in like September, but we've gotten it as early as July or August and one as late as October. Mm. So I'm guessing we'll probably hear something over the summer and then it'll be officially decided sometime in September. That that would be my guess. So we've got another couple of months to stew and to, to gossip and to, to hope and to start planning flights to Glasgow or Valencia there's ab- or... There's absolutely no way they weren't thinking about this well in advance. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They would be, you know, silly not to. But the fact that you have a number of nations that are now potentially bidding to do this in a way that maybe they weren't before, now that it's real that the Ukrainians won. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's precedent for a winning country not hosting. But it's but been years. It, yeah, it's been since uh, 79 to 80. Yeah. Uh, Israel didn't want to host twice in a row, I think was basically the situation, right? Well, the, there was or... that plus, it was that plus the fact that the, the EVU had placed the contest on a date that would not have worked for the Israeli broadcast. Oh, that, okay. It That's would have right. been on, on a Memorial Day, which you just, you don't can't, hold the light television. Can't do it. No, you can't do that. So not only did they not host, they did not actually participate the year after they won the second time. Ah, well, yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. So I, I guess to circle back slightly to the cheating thing, if, if if there are going to be any consequences, like severe consequences for this, I think it would be a weird look to have Poland host. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very uh, true. So, so there's that. I, I just, but yeah, culturally, yeah, K- Krakow, I think would make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also worth keeping in mind, I guess, you know, how, how things are going in, in, Mm -hmm. in the war, you know, do, do, do we want to be in that area? Do we, I don't know this, this, this is is really tough. Would it be too much of a financial burden or would it be a boon to have a whole bunch of tourists flooding into this area and, you know, bringing in money and maybe doing some sort of charitable work that could also be tied into, I don't know. I don't know. That's something for a, a, a broadcaster and an organizer to, to decide, not necessarily the EBU. But it is a financial boon to host the show, right? It's well, it depends. It really depends. If you are completely renovating a shipyard like <laughs> like uh like the Danish did back in 2014, it's a bit of a money pit. But it can also be a major, major boon if you've got a great venue on hand in a city with uh an infrastructure that's willing to handle it. Yeah, when was the last time we wound up going to a city slash country that you know we were hard pressed to find easily convertible arenas for? Uh, Where was it before Lisbon? Before Lisbon? That was that was Kiev. Kiev, yeah. yeah. But you know the well, fine with that. Um, no, I mean, I, 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 twenty fourteen was was the shipyard that they converted, which was Lord knows Vienna wasn't hurting either. Oh God, oh, I love Vienna. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. You need to go back proper. Yeah, seriously. Ah, oh, love that city. It, it'd be something to consider if the if this is city in Poland that has the infrastructure and is ready to support it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it would be if they can host it there. Admittedly, they cheated and they shouldn't be rewarded for that, but there would be a way to tie it into Ukraine in some way yeah. that'd be beneficial to them, even if it was like we can turn this into a charitable event to some degree. Because a year from now, they're still going. If best case scenario, a year from now, they're still going to be rebuilding. Right. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if even if the fighting is over, there's still going to be a lot of a lot of rebuilding that needs to happen you're right so and i remember in previous years junior eurovision I remember there were years where there was a, a charitable tie-in where it was either part of the money raised from voting went to UNICEF, I think, or or uh, the single, I think, may have been a charity single. Like the, 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 like this sort of shared, the common song, I think, was, was 
some of the proceeds for that went to charity as well. So there is a potential for making that a thing. I don't know. I don't know if there are EB regulations that are currently standing in, in terms of that, but it's certainly a question to be asked. And again, I don't know whether that's the EBU or if that's, you know, the broadcaster who's doing that. But needless to say, we are ending this competition with just as many questions as we have answers, which is wonderful and maddening. I'm really excited to, to see. I mean, there's just a lot of new ground that's going to be broken yeah. in terms of how this works. And and uh, yeah, uh, but I don't think it'll be in Italy again. Um, <laughs> Likely not. I have some thoughts about Italy. Uh, for, for, for those who don't know, this is my awkward transition of the week. I stayed in Italy for an extra week uh, after the contest. And uh, Liz and I traipsed around. We went to uh, Venice, then we went to Florence, then we went to Rome. By the way, here's the definitive ranking of the four cities that we went to. Mm -hmm. Number one, Florence. Number two, Rome. Very, very close. Number three, Turin. Number four, Venice. Venice was the worst. And here's why. Uh, I hear you had a lot of fun with mosquitoes. Well, Venice was apparently overrun with mosquitoes, which which is is a thing. But the other thing is that it's overrun with tourists. That it it is. It, it, and to be fair, I was part of that problem. Just just you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is an unbelievably touristy city, uh, like Las Vegas levels of mm. of just. Uh, it's so touristy. It's beautiful. Well, the problem was twenty years ago, PBS said that Venice was sinking, so now everyone's got to go there. Yeah. Well. I mean, I'm glad I saw it before it's too late. And there's some very cool things there, you know, but oh my God, it it just felt, Venice was was frustrating. I I wanted it to feel more old and classic the way that Florence does and the way that Rome does. Instead, it just feels, it feels like a tourist trap and it kind of broke my heart a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, St. Mark's Square, incredible gondola ride, super fun. They don't actually sing, which is fine. Um, <laughs> but Italy was very, very cool. I had a lot of carbonaras. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was good. I went to the Italy in in. <laughs> in Turin, which is also good. Here are some facts about Italy that I'd like to share with everyone uh-huh. uh, that, mm-hmm. that are important to me. Uh, one, I posted about this on my personal Instagram and so forth, but the uh, Torre Argentina, uh, it's the square in in Rome. Where, uh, it is where Julius Caesar was killed. It is now just mostly a bunch of ruins, uh, but it's still very cool to see. It has now been overrun to an extent by cats. Huh. <laughs> uh, there are cats all over and uh some enterprising folks have established a cat sanctuary where they fit where they will like fix and treat and take care of cats from anywhere in the city the feral ones just hang out outside in this ancient ruin there's just cats everywhere it's awesome i'm actually wearing uh, it's hard to see oh a shirt from there i donated some money to to the cause nice. uh it was it was great as of as of when we were there they have 85 cats some of which are blind and have other uh, other issues you know or deaf or, or other other issues they they keep those cats safe uh i got to pet several of the cats it was yeah. great yeah one of my one of the highlights of the trip okay that's fact number yeah. one yeah. here's fact number two in florence you know about brunelleschi's dome on the on the dome of the florence cathedral it's a yeah. very famous thing did you know you may also know i should say that brunelleschi is buried in that cathedral as a way of honoring him and his cool dome Nice. Right? Here's the part that I didn't know until I was there. Brunelleschi's tomb Mm. is in the gift shop. (laughs) 
So there's a crypt that there's a crypt that has a, a number of other, like there are multiple popes buried there as well. But for, but you have to pay extra to go see those. For some reason, the little alcove that contains Brunelleschi's tomb is in the gift shop. Underneath. I was going to say, is it like yeah. you get your your postcard and then you can like address it on the tomb? You can't get scoot aside, Bruni, baby. I gotta. You can't get quite that close to it. I see. Yeah, I thought that was fun. That was the main. That was one of the main things I wanted to see there. So I was excited to learn that I could just go down and look at the postcards and look at the weird uh, uh, Florence Cathedral dome paperweights you can buy and and see my pal Brunelleschi uh, and and his his tomb. Anyway, that's fact number two. Here's fact number three. This is my favorite fact: taxis in Italy. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Riding a taxi in Italy is like being an NPC in a Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> we took a taxi in Florence that was one of the most horrifying, <laughs> exhilarating experiences of my life. If I were a taxi driver in Italy for five minutes, I would kill at least eight people uh, because... It's wild. Like the like the drivers are are they're very aggressive for a country that's very big on just like being chill and and not having the the hustle and bustle of a place like the United States. Taxi drivers did not get the memo. They have places to be and they do it while almost running over so many people. <laughs> yeah, this explains a lot about Chicago and New York. Honestly, Buenos Aires too. <laughs> no, seriously, like there's a massive. I mean, this is a massive generalization. I apologize in general, but there's a, a very, very significant portion of the population of Buenos Aires is of Italian descent. And the last time that I had a feeling like the sort of feeling of exhilaration and terror of being in an Italian cab was when I was in a cab in Buenos Aires. And I'm wondering, cousin? Yeah, I feel like a lot of countries have aggressive taxi drivers. Yeah. <sighs> No, I've never seen the gestures, but they yeah. had the gestures too. Oh, mm -hmm. I remember one one night uh, in Florence, we had a, a like a second floor or first floor because it's Europe apartment, and it was like twelve thirty or something. You know, we're we're you know we're getting ready to go to bed, and we just hear these blood curdling screams from outside. And look, the and he had attacked and eaten a pedestrian. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they were they it's were like all fine. New friend Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it, <laughs> they. It, it, as it turns out, they were fine, but they had uh, a close encounter of the taxi kind, uh, mm -hmm. I, I assume. And and like, you got to watch out. It, it's <laughs> it's wild. It's it's absolutely wild. And 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 especially in a city like Florence, uh, a lot of these roads are like cobblestone. So when you're riding in in the car, it's just like an earthquake the whole time. Yeah, Italian taxis, man. I, I, oh, that's that's my biggest thing take away from this entire trip no it's not but yeah like no it's not buddy no it's not. it's it's not but that's my that's my most fun fact i may have some more italy facts if i come up with them <laughs> uh i gotta look back at the pictures i took and so forth i'm uh, glad to hear you like florence it's like one of my favorite cities oh florence oh, florence was amazing and like it's so good it, uh yeah i had one of the best meals i ever had in my life at a restaurant in florence Mm. A, a couple of them actually we, we decided to go find a place that had a good uh steak florentine and that was a good choice yeah no everything everything in florence was cool uh actually i take that back one thing in florence sucks and that is the ponte vecchio yes the the, the famous bridge and actually the bridge is fine the the thing that the thing that disappointed me this show is going to be like four hours long yeah okay. uh, <laughs> um you can see from the outside that there are all of these shops 
yes and and and, and things on on the bridge so you can mm-hmm. check out all these things as you walk across it what you don't know until you get there is that every single shop on that bridge is a high-end jewelry store every yeah. single one yep I don't yeah. have a like. Did you not I, bring your five hundred dollar bills? No, I no. And I have nothing against jewelry stores, just as a, a general principle or anything like that. But when every single shop, and I know this is just a, a tourism thing too. How high it, end are we talking? Like a K jewelers. Uh, Every kiss higher. begins with K, Eric. I, I higher, I would okay. say. Okay, so like a Goodman Jewelers, Wedding Day Diamonds, Jared. Ooh. It's Jared, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the Ponte Jared is what they should call okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cool bridge. I I just I don't know. I I don't know what I was expecting. It wasn't that. That was the I was the only thing in Florence where I was liking it. Florence is great. You should if just Flor- tear you know it down what? and relocate it to Arizona too. <laughs> It would probably be go over well there. So I know that Eric, you just got back tonight yep. or this afternoon. You are probably somewhat jet lagged. I, you know, funny story. I don't get jet lag. Yeah, you say that I, now. I don't know how. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. We'll okay. see. All right. But I, we'll I've, see. I've never had a problem with it. Well, I don't know. My brain is bad, but this is one of the nice side effects of it. I think <laughs> that's my assumption, anyway. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I've been, I've been bottling up these feelings. These beans have been a Berlin for so long. It's, it's taken a lot out of me. What can I say? Berlin, Berlin, 2023. I, that's... you know, I've never been to Berlin. Berlin. It's all right. Well, fine. I, I bet they put on a good year. I spend most of my time in a Del Bub anyway, so you know. Del Bub. Del Bub. Hashtag Del Bub. Hashtag we'll Del Bub. <laughs> we'll get that. Uh, we'll get that going. Yeah. Any any final thoughts on anything related to Eurovision 2022? I'm sure we'll talk about it some more in some various ways. Yeah. But any anything any other beans that need to be spilled right now? One question I had, mm-hmm. and I wrote this in the notes, but we're not, probably not going to get into too much depth on this. If for whatever reason Ukraine wasn't in the situation they're in or wasn't participating, who do you think would have actually won? Spain. I'll, I would I'll say, say Spain the, too. Uh, I I think it would have been very close between the UK and Spain. How, how close were they in the in the terms of points? Just uh, they were like six points a, apart. Uh, That's it. See. Yeah, it was quite close. It was quite close. But, uh, Another thing I want to say about Spain is that a lot of people were complaining. They're like, "Oh, this is a song contest, and there was just too much dancing for it to win." A, uh, she did a lot of dancing, and she sounded better than eighty percent of anyone on that stage. Two, who cares? Shut up. She also was, I think, third in the televote. Yeah, yeah, she was. It was. It was the Ukraine. Or it was. It was Ukraine. Then it was uh, Moldova. 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 Yeah. Amazing. And then yeah. it was Spain. It was amazing. What an amazing top three for the telephone. Amazing. Ser- Serbia was up there too, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Serbia so. was up there, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it was really Saved impressive that too. the jury vote seemed pretty objective. And in, I think under different circumstances, the Ukraine would have been like seventh overall, I think would have been a fair result for them for that song. Uh, but I think given the circumstances, Spain had a really good televote, a really good jury vote, I think, uh, had the televotes been there. I think it could have pulled it off. It's, you know, you can't really, it's really impossible to say, you know, if if a person wasn't there, how how would the void be filled? You know, it's, it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's always tough. That's always tough. That's why it's it's called speculating. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) That's Uh, why it's fun. No, it would have, yeah. We would have won 2020. We don't know. Uh, Iceland. There you go. See? Uh, No, I I, I agree with you. It would have been a toss between UK and Spain, I think. Either, either way, the UK would have come out feeling incredibly proud of what they'd done this year. I, I think I think Sweden is maybe in the mix as well. I 
think maybe a lot of the place televote. Yeah, I, I think maybe a lot of that Eastern European vote could have also gone to Serbia. Yeah. I, I, honestly, every song in the top five this year had that like that feeling of being a winning level performance. Top five all deserve to be in the top five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it is an ex- it is a really extraordinary top five. I've seen people kind of complain about the overall song quality. That's that's extremely subjective. But I think you you take this top five, put it against a lot of other top five. I was going to say last year. Last year's is is. Yeah. Last year was last year was exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, against against a lot of others, I, I, this is such a such a great top five. It really really is. And, honestly, uh, honestly, top ten even mm-hmm. i mean yeah i Moldova, mean Moldova's in there greece portugal was so good portugal made it portugal yeah. in so that, happy and, yeah and it's shocking too the point collection at the top five is unreal like to have over 400 points mm-hmm. and come in fourth place it's incredible that's insane yeah. I, I usually by the time you hit fourth or fifth you're down to like 200 no, I'll, just... I'll have to look into into some of those numbers i can stat motron that out I, I will not do it for this show i promise yeah no, it's... but portugal making top 10 is sick thrilled for them. so so yeah. thrilled for them I, I i noticed too uh... the bottom seven uh you had to get like eight places up before you got to double digits in the televote Oof. I mean, so honestly, bottom it, seven, it, really, it just stuff got sucked up uh, up top to just just mm-hmm. a handful of acts, you know. Mm-hmm. Just Which is a up. shame because I'd say half of those songs were genuinely good and deserve better. Agreed. Yeah. Czech Republic. I think Australia had a phenomenal performance, and to get like three points was yeah. a shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I just looking uh, Iceland. I understand it wasn't a huge contender or anything like that, but it was so well performed. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. They got twenty points. France, seventeen yeah. points. Oh, that was so good. Yep. Yeah, I, I think the thing, I, one last thing I'll say is I think saving one song, I think every performance in that final was phenomenal. I think there was only one I would describe as kind of mediocre, and that's Finland. Mm-hmm. But even the song, even like I didn't really like Romania, but watching him perform, I thought, okay, he's he's, he's really giving his all. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. first 12 songs were just dynamite. Yep. No, Sorry, I... Germany. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, there's the, there are those slow, that group of slow songs, and then all of a sudden Moldova hits you with their train uh, <laughs> uh Moldova. God, those guys <laughs> to get that many points so early in the scoring just also the fact that Zovshistub have now made it to the final three times mm-hmm. in three separate decades so cool that is incredible and Roman Yagapov is a hero like he yeah always great energy great vibe just ah Moldova yeah. could totally win this someday uh I need to read our friend Roy Delaney's book which is you know plug for that uh our dear friend Roy Delaney who many of you on on Twitter may know him as Eurovision Apocalypse uh has just come out with his second book but his first Eurovision focused one called Worst Contest Ever uh I'm waiting for my copy to be delivered to me from the UK uh if if the four of us ever get together and do a Eurovision book club. I'm nominating that as our first entry. Uh, I would very much like to do the Eurovision book club. You okay. heard it here first. Eurovision Let's book club. It. Honestly, this might be a Patreon thing. Join uh, the Patreon. Mm. Join the Patreon and uh, learn right. more about that. Give us money to read books with us. Yay! Uh, but yes, the worst worst Eurovision ever, worst contest ever. Uh, about a hypothetically a hypothetical contest taking place in Moldova. So I need to read this. <laughs> but first, y'all guys, I need to go to sleep. I don't know. And another you're... thing, oh, I'm tired, guys. I'm so tired. <laughs> it's a long episode. I know it's I know it's been a while, and that people have been clamoring for this. But oh, it's a lot. It's a lot, y'all. Yeah, we'll 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 be back soon. We'll have more stuff to talk about for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe, it's a, you know. It's 
always something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll be back. We will be back. It's uh, it's it's and it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the U.S., a country I also have I'm feelings from. about. That's another show as well. <laughs> well, everybody, it's been a pleasure. Follow us on social media. One two points USA on Facebook, Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us in you know buy our merch on Redbubble. Find us on Patreon. Twelve points from America. We would love, love, love to have your inputs uh, and know what you guys think. Uh, are our opinions complete? BS or you think we're onto something? Let us know. Feel free to engage with us. We're happy to hear from you. Spill your beans. Yes, all over the place. <laughs> no bean left unspilled yes darn it uh apologies to your local grocery store ah uh, well on that note everybody my beans have been promptly purged so i think i need to i think i need to go to sleep y'all until then everybody i've been samantha i've been derek i've been eric i've been danny in america stop, stop, stop listening now That sounds like some sort of a horrible reference. Terrible, terrible euphemism. God, I missed you, man. What's that smell? Beans. (laughs) Beans. It's what's for dinner.